You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, a police department released a Winnie the Pooh-themed book titled Run, Hide, Fight. It's supposed to help kids survive in a shooter situation. This is what I like to call an orphan-crushing machine. Why does this exist? It's a solution to a problem that doesn't even need to exist in the first place. Well, I bought a copy. It comes with a lesson plan and everything. Let's read it. Steven Anderson's kids are full-blown Nazis now. I don't use that term flippantly or as a blanket term for people I don't like. I mean, they are self-avowed, full-blown Nazis. They respect the ideals of Hitler. Seriously. One of them, Isaac, even got a tattoo of a Nazi symbol emblazoned right across his chest. Let's take a look. Dusty Devers was a Republican candidate for an Oklahoma Senate seat, but now he's the winner. He just took the seat from a guy named Larry Bush a dude who was in favor of higher pay for teachers, public education, and reforming the criminal justice system. Dusty Devers believes drag queens are one of the most important issues on earth today. He says abortion should be illegal, and so should the pills used to induce a medical abortion. This guy has problems, so let's talk about him. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send me an email instead, the uh, the email address... I'm sorry, let me say that again. If you want to send me an email instead, go to owenmorgan.com and then hit contact me in the menu. This is a display in the Iowa State House erected by the Satanic Temple. It was recently beheaded by somebody. Let's talk about what happened exactly. A Satanic Temple has set up a display inside the Iowa State House. It's the holiday season, and even secular government buildings display decorations for holidays that are rooted in religion. Listen to the music in the background. It's like some scary, like the Twilight Zone type of thing, right? Or the X-Files or something. ...that are rooted in religion, like Christmas trees and menorahs. For 14 days, the Satanic Temple has erected a display alongside these major religious symbols inside the rotunda of the Iowa State Capitol. Lucian Greaves, co-founder of the Satanic Temple, spoke to KCCI. We're going to really relish the opportunity to be represented in a public forum. We don't... Dude, first of all, I love what he's got going on in the background there. I, I'm a huge fan. I don't know what all of that stuff is, other than what appears to be an orange soda. Big fan of the orange soda, by the way. But I love the whole aesthetic. Aside from that, he is really, really famous within atheist circles. He's an atheist. These people don't believe in a theistic Satan. They think... Satan as a rebellious figure against religion is as a literary figure against tyranny is something to be respected and and revered basically. So anyways, yeah, he, he he's the one that erected this display and it's totally 100% fair, right? Iowa opens their capitol building to any religious display and if they don't open it to any religious display, then they can't legally have any religious display. That's just how the system works. Everybody's allowed to do it or no one's allowed to do it. 
So what they do, they put this Baphomet statue in. Interestingly enough, they tried to get a real literal goat's skull in in this in its place, but they wouldn't let him, so they had to put up this kind of I don't know what metal mirrory type of display. Pretty interesting in its own right, isn't it? Really relish the opportunity to be represented in a public forum. We Dude, I am loving the aesthetic behind him. Don't have a church on every street corner. Though the temple went through the correct administrative channels to present in the rotunda, the display is getting pushback. One, I hope people realize spiritual warfare is real. The no, it's not, Shelley. Spiritual warfare? Concerned about satanic temple display. That's her title. You know, they have like... Owen Morgan, YouTuber, or they have like, uh, I don't know, Michael Moore, filmmaker. This one, Shelley Flockhart, concerned about satanic temple display. Awesome. And I hope people realize spiritual warfare is real. It's not. It's really not. Spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare is not real. You know what the satanic temple is doing? They're proving a point. You can't insert your religious BS into everybody else's life without expecting it to be inserted right back into your life. If you don't like it that the Satanic Temple is in the Capitol building, get your shit out, and they will too. Simple as that. This is just showing these extremist nutcases what it feels like to be on the other end. That's it. That's all it's doing. Okay, go on, Shelley Flockhart, concerned about satanic temple display. And I hope people realize spiritual warfare is real, that there are evil satanic um, forces that are trying to infiltrate our state. I if there isn't a better example of somebody whose name should have been, but somehow was not, Karen, I don't know what the example is. Iowa resident Shelley Flockhart said she was shocked to see the altar at the Capitol. Shocked? Why were you shocked? Isn't anybody allowed to put up a religious display here? What's shocking about this? To see the altar at the Capitol. So she organized a group to pray near the Rotunda's Christmas tree. Um, okay. Greaves says no one is being forced to interact with the Satanic Temple's display. My feeling is that if people don't like our displays in public forums, they don't have to engage with them. They don't have to view them. There you go. I love it. He's using the exact argument that the other side of the aisle uses against us, against non-theistic people. I mean, I'm not a member of the Satanic Temple or anything like that, or the Church of Satan, whatever. I just appreciate that he's throwing this argument right back in, in her face. Shelly over here would say, if you don't like our religious display, you don't have to engage with it. Okay, great. You don't have to engage with this satanic temple display either. It doesn't really solve the problem now, does it? You know what I want, and I think this is what Lucian Greaves wants also. I'm connected to Lucian Greaves. I don't know him personally, but I know people who are close friends with him. I would be willing to bet what Lucian Greaves really wants is to not have his display there and also not have her display there. Remove religious garbage from the floor of the Capitol building. That's what everybody wants. Except for her, apparently. 
evil force. Um, Let's step back, listen to this whole bit again here. Very dark evil force. Um, no, it's just a set of mirrors with a little red thing on it. And I truly hope people know how to battle that. The U.S. Department of Justice says religious liberty is enshrined in the text of our Constitution. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. You needed who to tell you that? Department of Justice said the Department of Justice you needed the DOJ to tell you what the first sentence of the first amendment of the Constitution says really you didn't know that it said religious liberty is enshrined in our Constitution is this the first time you've heard this as religious liberty is enshrined in the text of our Constitution it's in the First Amendment where the writers of the Constitution protected the practice of all faiths. It's not the First Amendment. It's the first sentence of the First Amendment. I, seriously, how do you get more on the nose than this? These people are so full of shit. They don't want religious liberty. They don't want religious freedom. I'm talking people like Karen over there. They want religious supremacy. There's a difference protected the practice of all faiths by stating Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The Satanic Temple is a federally recognized religion that does not actually believe in the existence of Satan or the supernatural. Unlike another religious organization, the Church of Satan. Church of Satan doesn't believe in a theistic Satan either. There are theistic satanist groups out there though like the joy of satan jos is what it's called it's kind of a nazi cult an extremist group that's really really crazy and disturbing for all kinds of different reasons here joyofsatan.org this is their website and uh yeah not not great don't like them they're terrible uh they're psychotic and yeah i don't know what else to say about them they're just terrible okay here i just clicked on a random link Israel is going to get what she deserves. Satan. That's, oh, I guess reverse Torah rituals list. That's just weird and disturbing. I'm sorry, man. Anyway, they're theistic Satanists. They literally believe in Satan as a real literal thing. But uh, Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple, they do not. So, yeah. The Church of Satan, the Massachusetts-based tax-exempt temple, says its mission is to encourage benevolence and empathy, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense, oppose injustice, and undertake noble pursuits. For Inside Edition Digital, I'm T.C. Newman. The gall, huh? How disturbing is that for somebody to have their own mind to be free to think and say and do what they want to follow the constitution not just the constitution i'm sorry to follow the first sentence of the first amendment of the constitution the gall okay so let me read this article here uh the title it's on cbs news it says former mississippi house candidate charged after satanic temple display is destroyed at Iowa Capitol. A former Mississippi House candidate beheaded the statue. He defaced the statue. Property damage. It's a class four misdemeanor, I think. I think he's looking at up to a year in jail. He's not going to serve anywhere near that. In fact, he's probably not going to get any time. He's probably going to have to pay restitution in the form of paying for what he destroyed. Might have to pay a fine of a couple thousand. He's probably looking at about four or five thousand dollars he's gonna have to pay. 
And he may be looking at two months on probation, maybe, at worst. That's my guess. A satanic temple display inside the Iowa Capitol in Des Moines was destroyed, and a former U.S. Navy fighter pilot who was recently defeated in a state house election in Mississippi is accused of causing the damage. No, he's not accused of it. He admitted to it. And who else but... What's his... Um, but Turning Points USA, Charlie Kirk said they're pledging $10,000 toward his legal defense. Of course. Domestic terrorism. And they're supporting it. They are paying for his legal fees if he commits domestic terrorism. You know what would have been fascinating? Probably a bad idea. I shouldn't have done it. It, it. It's not good. I wouldn't do it anyways. But if I had destroyed the uh, statue or whatever get all these right-wingers riled up and rallied around me and excited and, oh, this guy doesn't like the left and blah, blah, blah. When I have an opportunity to give a press conference and they're paying for all this stuff for me, then I come out and reveal everything for what it is. It's a bad idea, but it's interesting. The display is permitted by rules that govern religious installations inside the Capitol but has drawn criticism from many conservatives, including presidential candidate Ron DeSantis. Yeah, Ron DeSantis, his criticism was Donald Trump allowed it to become a religion. That's not what our forefathers had in mind when they said religion. Actually, it is. It is exactly what people had in mind. The ability to worship the way you see fit, period. Oh, and also, I don't even think that it was Trump that added that. I think they've had, like, religion status for years and years. But, okay, Ron DeSantis gonna lie. Big surprise, right? A Facebook posting by the Satanic Temple on Thursday said the display known as a Baphomet statue was destroyed beyond repair, though part of it remains. Michael Cassidy, 35, of Lauderdale, Mississippi, was charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief, the Iowa Department of Public Safety said Friday. He was released after his arrest. Uh, anybody else probably would have been released after their arrest, too, in all fairness. So, it, it's a low charge. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to come to much. Cassidy is a Republican, big surprise, right? Who was defeated by Democrat Keith Jackson in Mississippi State House District 45 in November. Cassidy's campaign website remains active. The biography on it says he served as a Navy fighter pilot and a pilot instructor. He describes himself as a Christian conservative who loves our nation and is committed to preserving the blessings of liberty bestowed upon us by the founding generation. Really? So that means you are... What is it? What did he say exactly? He's committed to preserving the blessing of liberty of people's ability to choose to do what they want to do without fear of reprisal or repercussions, is what you're telling me? You think that it's right for people to be allowed to, I don't know, say erect a Baphomet statue where everybody else is erecting statues of their own? You think that's okay? None of this is true. It's just pure, unadulterated hypocrisy all the way down. In 2022, Cassidy ran against incumbent U.S. Representative Michael Guest, what a name, and lost in a primary runoff after fewer than 300 votes separated them in the primary. Wow, that's close. That's like um, Lauren Bobert and uh, Adam 
Frisch, that's his name, right? Adam Frisch. That, that's like their territory. I think they were separated by like 500 votes. Guest won the runoff with nearly 70% of the vote. Messages left Friday with Cassidy and with the Satanic Temple were not immediately returned. On Friday, part of the display remained at the site in the Capitol. A lone man who declined to give his name sat in front of the display and recited Christian prayers. Oh my God, dude. Making references to Jesus. It wasn't immediately clear if he was a supporter or a detractor of the Satanic Temple. Really? It wasn't immediately clear if he's a supporter or a detractor. He's standing in front of it saying prayers, reciting prayers. The Satanic Temple is non-theistic. Which do you think he was? Just take a wild guess. Just throw a word in the air and tell me which you think he was. Christian or Satanic Temple. I'm sorry, man. These people are just, you know, I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that's always bagging on people, okay? I'm just saying... They're not the sharpest crayon in the box. The display is on the east side of the Capitol beside a column and an ornate staircase. It's about 100 feet away from a Christmas tree displayed in the Capitol Rotunda. Founded in 2013. Oh, by the way, quick uh, side note here. Did you guys know that the Christmas tree is actually fully Christian, not pagan? It is a Christian tradition to take evergreen trees from outside and put them in inside and decorate them for christmas it is a christian thing to do people talk about uh christmas being december 25th because of the saturnalia celebration it's probably not what it was saturnalia was largely celebrated by the rich who had slaves and on saturnalia a lot of the time slaves and masters would trade places the masters would serve the slaves and the slaves would eat a feast and so on and so forth but the impoverished, the, the, you know, the middle to lower class, the 90% of people who were illiterate in the area, they didn't even own slaves. They didn't have any of that stuff. The prevailing theory, I believe, for why Christmas is December 25th is because of what's called calendar theory, I believe. Back in the day, the belief is that Jesus was conceived on the same day that he died which, of course, there's no like evidence for, no reason to believe, but whatever, they believed weird stuff back then. If he was conceived on Nysen 14 when he died, then that means nine months later, that would put us at December 25th. Or, depending on which calendar you're using, January 6th, which is why Russia and other Orthodox countries celebrate Christmas on January 6th instead of December 25th. Calendar theory, nine months later. So anyways, uh, the Christmas tree was originally created in the 1400s as a tradition. It's suspected, from my understanding, that the tradition arose with Christmas trees where people were, being illiterate as they are, going to plays and listening to stories about Adam and Eve Nobody really understood what, you know, how to read. So they, all they could do to take in this information was watch plays. And to represent the tree of good and evil, the tree of life and all that stuff, they would put trees, like actual evergreen trees, on stage. And uh, eventually people started putting those evergreen trees in their homes, too. The Christmas tree is not pagan in origin. It is fully Christian in origin. 
to my knowledge. And also, Christmas is not based on Saturnalia. Two cans short of a six-pack. That works. That's a good one, too. Thank you for that one. The display is on the east side of the Capitol beside a column and an ornate staircase. It's about 100 feet from a Christmas tree displayed in the Capitol Rotunda. Founded in 2013, the Salem, Massachusetts-based Satanic Temple doesn't believe in Satan, but describes itself as a non-theistic religious organization that advocates for secularism. It is separate from the Church of Satan, which was founded in the 1960s by Anton LaVey. Yeah. By the way, there have only been a total of two high priests in the Church of Satan. That was Anton LaVey and then the next guy in line, which I forget. Peter H. Gilmore is the current high priest, and I think before that was Anton LaVey. And it's called LaVeyan Satanism. That's the name of it. So anyways, yeah. When you hear people talking about how they were like the uh, a high priest in the Church of Satan or whatever nonsense, it's BS. They were not a high priest in anything. The display caught Cassidy's attention earlier this week. On Tuesday, he reposted a message on X. Cassidy, of course, being the one that beheaded it. Reposted a message on Twitter that included two photos. One of a Thomas Jefferson statue being removed from an unspecified location and one of the Satanic Temple display. Thus, of course, implying Thomas Jefferson was removed to make room for the Satanic Temple display. Come on. We've reached a point where our capitals are removing Jefferson while monuments to Satan are erected, the message read. Look, if you don't want Satan statues there, get all of your stupid religious shit out of there too. A fund was set up to raise money for Cassidy's legal defense following his arrest. After 20000 was raised, Cassidy wrote on X that the funding was halted. Interesting, okay. But late Friday morning, Cassidy wrote that he'd been notified of more potential legal charges, unfortunately, so I've opened the legal fund back up more charges i doubt it he's completely full of it anyway that's the story dude is terrible it's disgusting the whole situation's disgusting and he's looking for an opportunity to get famous and make money good job hi owen my name is dan i'm calling from idaho and i'm watching the flatter debate coverage i was wondering if you could cover uh, the one thing I haven't picked up on is I get that they think that Antarctica somehow is an ice wall covering the outer edges of the Earth. What do they say about the Arctic? Is the Earth somehow squished down and uh, the Arctic's like right in the middle? I, they never seem to address that. They, I, I understand why they fixate on the Antarctic, but what do they say about the Arctic? Thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Bye. Yeah, that's a good question. So I've been talking about the flat earth a lot lately because there is a religious movement in favor of the flat earth right now. Seriously, it's not just like science deniers that are going down this road. I mean, full-blown religious nutcases believing in the flat earth for religious reasons. Now, as far as the question goes, what do they believe about the Arctic? They have two ideas, okay? Antarctica, I believe, is the south. That is supposed to be like the ice wall that goes around us, the impenetrable ice wall. Governments secretly keep you off the ice wall. You can't get anywhere near. It's just nonsense. But anyway, that ice wall supposedly surrounds everything and everybody. China 
and North Korea and Russia and Alaska and America and they're everything. It's all in here surrounded by the ice wall on the outside. Now, the North Pole, as you're pointing out, is the Arctic, not the not Antarctica, but the Arctic. And the Arctic, the North Pole, they believe is fake. They don't think it's real a lot of the time. It depends. It varies from flat earther to flat earther. But by and large, they say the North Pole is just fake. Sometimes they say, well, yeah, I mean, there's a thing there, but who cares? It, it doesn't prove or disprove anything at all. You know, they'll just come up with a billion different excuses for it to make their whole story not complete nonsense, not even realizing that it doesn't solve any of the problems proposed. So, yeah, there's your answer. Hi, uh, this is Calvin again from Tennessee. Anyways, what I was saying, how can I convince everyone around me that it isn't just, you know, culty Christianity that's the problem? Um, you know, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, Greg Locke, whatever. It's all of it because, I mean, personally, I believe you can believe whatever you want to believe. You can do whatever you want to do. But what a lot of people don't realize and notice is that, especially in the South where I live, this version of Christianity is ingrained into literally everything. And it's not whether or not you can be one way or another, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm not like extremist. It's like, if you say that you're a Christian to someone, they will assume that you are like all the way. And a lot of people keep trying to tell me that, you know, oh, well, not all Christians sounds a lot like not all men, uh, you know, and the word of Jesus is blah, blah, blah. Like, I know, like, I get that. I have a religion minor. I have studied classically the ancient texts, everything, like, for years and years and years now. How can I convince the people around me that, like, I don't need that in my life? And they need to open up their eyes and realize that they are a part of an American traditionalist system that has, you know, done terrible things like white colonialism and has helped get Roe v. Wade overturned. Like, how do I, how do I navigate that? Because all of my friends are either like leftists like me, you know, believe and act the same way I do, or they're just like extreme the other way. Anyways, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Okay. A couple of things I wanted to mention there. I appreciate the voicemail. First of all, you said not all Christians sounds a lot like not all men. That is true as a matter of fact. It's not all men, and also it's not all Christians. But the people who understand that it's not all men, or the, the ones that understand that it's not all Christians, don't feel the incessant need to point out the fact that it's not all men or all Christians. We, we get that. We understand who you're talking about, you know. I just wanted to make note of that. I do hear not all men and not all Christians a lot, and it's kind of a, a thought stopper. Like, you're instantly shutting the argument down in its tracks and ignoring everything else until they acknowledge that men aren't all bad or Christians aren't all bad. Yes, we understand that. Thank you, you know. <laughs> Aside from that, how do you bust through that bubble? It is a complicated question. Religion generally has been destructive as a whole and has done everything that it could to permeate its way into society. But 
You know who's pushing that stuff on society? People, specific individuals. Every time you see some ridiculous, you know, on uh, on the wall at Walmart, you'll see this offer to come to this fellowship church, blah, 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 whatever. Some guy came over and put that up. There's somebody that's pushing others toward this stuff. So it may seem like non-culty Christianity that's permeating its way through everything. In reality, there are cult members within Christianity that are pushing this even moderate toward extreme stuff on people. So the problem is the cult members, in my opinion. Aside from that, there are Christian groups that are not cult members that I still kind of consider to be harmful. And my reason behind that is I believe that it's a bad thing to believe that something is true when it's not true. That's it. That's that's all there is to it. That's all the mental work you have to put into it. Is believing true things virtuous and believing as few false things as possible virtuous? The answer, in my opinion, is yes. And for that reason, it's not virtuous to be a Muslim or a Buddhist or a Shinto or a Christian or a whoever. It's preferable to only believe true things. As far as Christianity permeating its way through everyday life goes, that's its own challenge. But I completely agree with you. We have to fight the extremists where we see it, and it is preferable to believe as many true things and as few false things as possible. Hey, Owen, it's John from Arizona. I just wanted to ask you, well, you probably have it if you have a Game Boy Advance, but have you ever gotten the privilege of playing for the Four Swords part of Link to the Past Four Swords combo on the Game Boy Advance? I gotta say, it brings me right back. I want to go do it with my brother tonight. I want to go play that fucking game. So cool. Anyway, that's it. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail. Very interesting question. Here's what's interesting about that. A lot of people probably don't know about this, but... The Game Boy Advance, the original Game Boy Advance, like the one without the backlight, you know, the the clamshell one. I'm talking just the normal shaped one. It had a little thing on top that you could plug a thing into and then you could plug it in to use it as a makeshift GameCube controller. Now, if you plug in two or more of those Game Boys that have those special plugs, and you have two or more copies of Zelda Four Swords Adventure, you plug those into the Game Boy Advance, you can play a special hidden game that was inaccessible outside of uh, just the Link to the Past Game Boy Advance game. You can play this special game on the GameCube through your Game Boy Advances together with friends. Now, I just so happen to have two copies of that game for that exact reason. And I do have one link cable for that. I don't have two link cables. And I only have, I think I only have one Game Boy Advance, sadly. So I I can't do it manually myself. But one of these days, maybe I'll be able to. It's an interesting question. Appreciate it. I just love retro game stuff. Next up. 
A police department released a Winnie the Pooh-themed book titled Run, Hide, Fight. It's supposed to help kids survive in a shooter situation. This is what I like to call an orphan-crushing machine. Why does this exist? It's a solution to a problem that doesn't even need to exist in the first place. Well, I bought a copy. It comes with a lesson plan and everything. Let's read it. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon, and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. A while back, I heard about this book titled Run, Hide, Fight. It's a Winnie the Pooh-based, stay safe, how to deal with an active shooter situation booklet for children, surprisingly. I heard about this. It was all over the news a while back. Let me just read this Guardian article on it. By the way, I did purchase a copy. Cost me like 10 bucks or something like that with shipping. I don't know. I th actually, it was like 2 or $3 plus another 3 or 4 for shipping. Anyways, I bought it. I scanned it in and I in included the lesson plan at the back too. There was a lesson plan for it. So we're going to read all of it. But first, let me just give you a little refresher on the story, if you're unfamiliar. The copyright just lifted for Winnie the Pooh, because I, I don't remember what it is, 70 years after the death of the author, or something like that. They can't use, like, Winnie the Pooh from the movie, but they can use an archaic Winnie the Pooh, if you will, which is what we see on the front of this this uh, book here. This shouldn't exist, by the way. This shouldn't have to exist. We should simply do basic gun reform. I'm talking basic stuff, just universal background checks, disallowing people who have domestic violence charges from owning a firearm. We should create these licensure programs where you have to be licensed to own one. You have to prove to me and, you know, everybody else in society that you know what you're doing, that you're not going to, like, point it around all willy-nilly without thinking about it, you know? Scratch your head with it or something like that. You're not going to do some stupid thing like that. you got to prove that to me before you can own one. That's my opinion on it. I haven't even banned automatic rifles yet. If we could just get those couple of things. Oh, and close the universal background check loophole, the gun show loophole. I'd like to close that, too. There's three basic things we could do to make this a better place, but I digress. Let's read the article here. This is written May 25th, 2023. Texas school children as young as four years old are being given Winnie the Pooh cartoon books, teaching them to run, hide, fight if a gunman enters their building. Can you say orphan crushing machine? Why does this exist? Parents and teachers in the Dallas area have expressed alarm and concern that the Stay Safe book, produced by a law enforcement consulting firm in Houston, has been sent home in the backpacks of children in pre-kindergarten and elementary classes. Yeah, they're talking about pole dancing in children's school, like in elementary school, really. They're claiming, I'm, so, I'm talking Republicans, claiming there's pole dancing happening in Elementary schools. You think I'm being flippant, don't you? I'm going to have to prove myself, I see. It wasn't a nobody that said it either. It was a guy that was this close to winning the governor position in Pennsylvania in 2022. Guy's name was Doug Mastriano. This close to winning. On day one, the sexualization of our kids, pole dancing, and all this other crap that's going on will be forbidden in our schools. Pole dancing. 
in schools. On day one, all the graphic, pornographic books that are in elementary schools will be, will be pulled out. But not Winnie the Pooh, Run, Hide, Fight. We're leaving that one in, right? The book features Honey Loving Bear created by A.A. A. Milne and illustrator, I'm sorry, and illustrator E.H. Shepard in, instructing kids about how to react to a mass shooting. It is not an official production. Winnie the Pooh has been in the public domain in the U.S. since the 1st of January 2022. The subtitle to the Stay Safe book is If There's Danger, they'll Let Winnie the Pooh and His Crew Show You What to Do. Run, Hide, Fight. Run, hide, fight are tactics advised by the FBI should the unthinkable occur. Again, you know what would help the unthinkable not occur? Decrease the number of guns in the country. Institute a gun buyback program. You don't want to sell your gun? Okay, you don't have to. But people that do want to sell their guns back can easily and quickly take them Give them to this government program. They'll give you like 150, 200 bucks for it or whatever it's worth. And there will be one less gun floating around for some young psychotic nutcase to get his paws on and go take out an entire school with. If you do want to keep your gun, in my opinion, uh, this isn't ever going to happen. It's a pipe dream. But in an ideal world, you would have to prove to society, namely me and uh, the government and whoever else, that you have a gun safe that you keep it in. And you have to be willing to be subjected to random inspections to ensure that the gun is in its proper location in the safe and unloaded. That's just me. I mean, I could be convinced otherwise, but that's my position on it. Inside pages of the book featuring other characters from the Hundred Acre Wood tell kids if it's safe to get away, we should run like rabbit instead of stay. If danger is near, do not fear. Hide like Pooh does until the police appear. Let's read the book, shall we? Stay safe. If there's danger, let Winnie the Pooh and his crew show you what to do. Run, hide, fight. Written and illustrated by Chief Ken Adcox and Brittany Adcox Flores, a teacher. Look, I, I respect and applaud the attempt to save kids' lives and instruct them on what to, to do. Like stop, drop, and roll. I love it. We should be teaching everybody this tactic of putting out a fire. But we don't have to have guns around. It's not a requirement. Why do we have this? Why is this a part of our society? We should do what Australia did and institute a massive buyback program and make it nearly impossible to own one. You know what you're doing, and you have enough money and time and resources to devote to the training necessary to own one? Great, you can own one. Almost nobody should be allowed to own a gun, in my opinion. Almost nobody should be allowed to own a stick that, when pointed at somebody, ends their life. Almost no one should own that, but Again, I digress. Let's keep reading. You're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. A.A. Milne. I think that's the one that wrote it. If you see or hear something that's not right, be bright and tell a teacher. Do not delay. Do this right away. If there's a danger, the police will come fast to catch the stranger. Well, see, that's the problem. It's almost never a stranger. 
It's usually somebody that the kids know that is that's doing this psychotic stuff. Until then, remember what Pooh and his crew said to do. Run, hide, fight. If there's danger and it's safe to get away, we should run like rabbit instead of stay. Help friends that need it, but if we can't quit until we're safe with a teacher or the police. What? Help friends that need it, but we can't quit until we're safe with a teacher or the police. So if somebody is... If somebody's been shot in the arm or the leg and they're losing blood and you don't know what to do, grab the kid by the leg, the other leg, I guess, and drag him to another classroom where you can lock the door behind you with this kid inside to prevent him from being slaughtered as well. Genius. Genius. This book should not have to exist. If danger is near, do not fear. Hide like Pooh does until the police appear. Well, as we've seen, the police have no obligation to act. You know, there was a story I was listening to a while back where there's a serial killer on the loose, and his M.O. was he entered a subway car, like a train car, pulls out a knife, and stabs somebody. At the next stop, gets off the train and bolts. Right. And he was he kept doing that. He did that a bunch of times. This is forever ago. It was on the Q train, as a matter of fact, I believe. And the police looked at the patterns and deduced that he was likely going to be on this train at this time. So two cops went to the engineer's little office or whatever you call the engineer's room there where the guy is driving the train. And they wait, and they're looking through the window, and they're waiting to see if this guy turns up. And sure enough, he did. He turned up, and he pulls his knife out. The police continue watching as he says to this guy, I'm going to kill you. The guy lunges at him to try to stop him. The, the attacker stabs him in the head three times. The guy survived, by the way. Stabs him in the head three times. He, I think he lost his ear. And then he pulls the guy's legs out from under him when another passenger runs up and pulls the knife away from him. And then the police come out of the conductor's car after all of that commotion took place. Why? Because the police have no obligation to do anything. They don't have an obligation to do their fucking jobs. They have no obligation to do shit, but watch something take place. That's it. So this line right here, hide like poo until the police appear. Good luck. Good luck, poo. We should all hide without making a sound in a place where we cannot be found. You know, I actually taught my daughter how to pretend to be dead when she was little, just in case, you know. You never know what's going to happen. If we have cell phones, make sure to turn off all tones. Yeah, silent the phone so that it doesn't make any noises. It's a good idea. If danger finds us, don't stay. Run away. If we can't get away, we have to fight with all our might. Like Kanga and Rue do, it is better to fight together. When the danger is gone, we should not fuss. Instead, wait for a teacher or the police to come find us. We should not fuss. What does that mean? They saying when the danger is gone, we shouldn't sit there and cry after what we just had to go through? 
I don't understand. This shouldn't be a problem. We shouldn't be dealing with this. This shouldn't be in the 100-acre wood, okay? It is psychotic to me that this was actually a book that was written. Institute a gun buyback program. Make bump stocks illegal. Make make semi-automatic rifles illegal. Make fully automatic rifles illegal. Hell, make make handguns illegal. Why the f*** do we have handguns? What are those for? If we want a good weapon for home defense, you know what we should use? A shotgun. We should have birdshot, birdshot, buckshot in a shotgun. Birdshot is less lethal. You're less likely to kill somebody with it, although it is possible to do. Shot number one is a warning. Shot number two is a warning. Shot number three is real. Somebody enters your home, you should fire off two warning rounds before you fire off the real deal, in my opinion. And it's dark. Why would you try to shoot a little handgun in the first place in the middle of the night in the dark? Shotguns have a big spread. Why wouldn't somebody use a shotgun for home defense? What is a pistol for? What do you use it for? This is just sick, man. No more rifles. No more handguns. Shotguns? Okay. Rifles that can be used to take out, like, uh, you know, for hunting or whatever? Okay. With heavy licensing. I guess I can accept that. Every other kind of gun should be bought by the government, in my opinion. Danger is scary, but our legendary friends, Pooh and his crew, are here to help us through. If danger comes, remember, all we need to do to be a member of Winnie the Pooh's Stay Safe crew is to run, hide, fight. Stay safe, run, hide, fight. Stay Safe was created in collaboration with active police officers and classroom teachers. The sole purpose of the Stay Safe system is to teach children how to remain safe and protect themselves should a dangerous school intrusion take place. The material is presented in an age-appropriate format that is designed to teach and reinforce the concepts of run-hide-fight, which are recommended by the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. As with other school safety strategies like fire drills, pedestrian safety, and stranger danger, the concepts of run-hide-fight must be discussed regularly with students of all ages. Shouldn't have to be. Shouldn't be like this. Just putting it out there. This is just sick, man. This is straight up sick. Somebody says, should not shoot to warn. No, you should shoot with the intent to hit the person. But you know what? Birdshot is less lethal. If, you, if you're going to pull that trigger, you should be prepared to deal with the consequences of what you're about to do. You should be prepared for that person to die. But in an ideal world, maybe that person is scared off by the sound and gets away and has to deal with getting a BB, a little tiny birdshot BB taken out of his ass at the hospital. Best case. Uh, This is the back of the book. It was red. Okay, so this is the lesson plan that I was looking at here. Stay safe K-6, to run, hide, fight, introductory lesson plan. Let's just zoom in on this puppy, see what we can see here. Course objectives, familiarize young students with the concepts of run, hide, fight in response to a dangerous school intruder, active shooter scenario. The Stay Safe K-6 learning curriculum is specifically designed to reinforce and visually imprint children with the concepts of run, hide, fight. 
while utilizing age-appropriate material that is less frightening to young minds. There are separate age-appropriate curriculums and materials for older children. Student prerequisites, none. Instructor prerequisites, certified teacher or school counselor or certified law enforcement instructor with subject matter expertise in active shooter response. Length of course, 30 to 45 minutes. Required materials, copy of Stay Safe Winnie the Pooh booklet for each student. Winnie the Pooh Run, Hide, Fight poster for each classroom, optional. Winnie the Pooh Stay Safe Crew sticker badge for each student, optional. Lesson plan steps. Before class, hang Winnie the Pooh Stay Safe poster emphasizing Run, Hide, Fight concepts, optional. As lesson begins, direct students' attention to the poster and tell students that today's lesson will be about staying safe and should there be danger in school. This can be done while passing out Stay Safe Crew badge stickers for each student, asking them to put them on. The badges are optional, but experience has shown that students wearing the badge tend to be more attentive to the forthcoming material. Students and instructor can also wear the badges throughout the class day, helping to further reinforce the lessons learned. Posters can be left hanging permanently. Pass out Stay Safe booklet to each individual student and ask them to write their name in the space provided on the last page. The booklet should be the students to keep so they can review the lessons themselves as well as take the booklet home to review with parents, siblings, and other family, further emphasizing run, hide, fight concepts. Again, I think that this is a fine idea. I think this is a an intelligent choice to make. It's an intelligent thing to teach children. It's good for them to learn this. Why the f*** are we teaching six-year-olds how to hide from an active shooter. Get this shit out of our schools. Not the book, the guns. At any cost. Because you know what the cost is of keeping them in our schools right now? 2021 had a hundred and, what is this? 186 shootings with injuries and or deaths. 186. That's just the attacks. That's not how many injuries or deaths there were that's how many attacks there were begin the lesson by explaining to students that school is safe but we must always be ready in case there is danger some examples can be provided such as looking both ways for cars before crossing the street understanding what to do if there's a fire not talking to strangers etc you think tucker carlson's kids sit there and worry about this stuff you think Tucker Carlson's kids got a copy of Run, Hide, Fight with Winnie the Pooh. No, they go to a private school where they don't have to worry about this stuff because they have private security and metal detectors and the whole nine yards. Oh, oh yeah. And the kids there, they don't have real world problems. The vast majority of the kids at a private school are living pretty decent lives by and large. Have nothing to complain about. It's just disgusting stuff, dude. Disgusting stuff. Run, hide, fight with Winnie the Pooh. Take a look at this website. 17 facts about gun violence and, and school shootings. Let's check this out, okay? Gun violence and school shootings are a uniquely American epidemic. Sandy Hook Promise is shining a light on these vital facts and statistics. That's the name of the website, Sandy Hook Promise. Every number you see stands for a person, often a child, with hopes, dreams, and loved ones who cherished them. 
Children and families in the U.S. are facing a vast problem, but you can help. Share these facts, know the signs, and act to protect them before it's too late. 12. Each day, 12 children die from gun violence in America. Another 32 are shot and injured. 44 casualties in the gun violence war, if you will, in the U.S. 2. Guns are the leading cause of death among American children and teens. One out of ten gun deaths are, are age 19 or younger. 3. In fact, firearm deaths occur at a rate of more than five times higher than drownings. A rate five times higher than drownings. Since Columbine in 1999, more than 338,000 students in the U.S. have experienced gun violence at school. 338,000 students! Think about those numbers. That's nuts. There were more school shootings in 2022, 46, than in any year since Columbine. This mirrored America's broader rise in gun violence as it emerged from the pandemic. However, U.S. Department of Homeland Security's research shows that if we know the signs of gun violence, we can prevent it and reverse the trend. Honestly, we should not be able to possess a stick that when pointed at somebody ends their life without proving that we know what we're doing with it that without proving that we keep it in a safe that's locked that nobody else has a combination to nobody now it doesn't matter how much you trust this kid or whatever in 2022 34 students and adults died while more than 43,000 children were exposed to gunfire at school there is help for victims and survivors of gun violence. If you're curious, it's uh, sandyhookpromise.org. They'll help. Facts about how to stop school shootings and other violence. Number seven, an estimated 4.6 million American children live in a home where at least one gun is kept loaded and unlocked. These improperly stored weapons have contributed to school shootings, suicides, and deaths of family members, including infants and toddlers. Guns used in about 68% of gun-related incidents at schools were taken from the home, a friend, or a relative. I.e., you think you know what you're doing, you think you have that gun locked away, but you don't. Sometimes you forget, sometimes you get back from hunting, you just feel like leaving it out, don't want to put it away right now, don't want to unload it or clean it or whatever, so you just leave it out. Or you just put it in the gun safe and you close the gun safe. And hell, you keep other stuff in there too, so your kid might as well know the combination. Why not, right? That's how it happens. 93% of school shooters planned the attack in advance. And a lot of the time, people didn't even know. There weren't warning signs. Or the warning signs were completely ignored. Here's another fact. In almost every documented case of active shooters, warning signs were shown. There you go. But it were apparently ignored. One in five gay and lesbian youth have been threatened or injured with a weapon on school property. Is it really that low? I thought for sure it'd be higher than that. Black youth are four times more likely to be killed with guns than their white peers. Children of color are far more likely to experience campus gun violence. It's more than twice as much for Hispanic students and over three times as much for black students. Now, I know the arguments that are going to be made against this already. I can hear the Nazis among us formulating what they want to say. I know what they're going to say is, well, it's mostly black people that are committing these crimes anyways, blah, blah, blah. First of all, I don't know that that's true. I just know that's the argument they're going to make. And second, 
Does it matter? Does anybody care who's committing these crimes? What I care about is stopping them, preventing this from happening. What is going on right now? This is a uniquely American pandemic or epidemic, I guess. A uniquely American epidemic that needs to be dealt with. I don't care who's doing it. I don't care who the victims are exactly. I care about stopping it so there aren't any more victims. That's what I care about. That's it. It's psychotic to me that people are not doing something about this already. Jupe the malignant Pooh must be the one pole dancing. 100%. Yeah, it's Winnie the Pooh that's pole dancing. And uh, Sandy Hook Promise is doing everything they can to stop Winnie the Pooh from pole dancing. (laughs) Anyway, man, just let me know what you think about it in the comments. This is just depraved. Seriously. Next up. Steven Anderson's kids are full-blown Nazis now. I don't use that term flippantly or as a blanket term for people I don't like. I mean, they are self-avowed, full-blown Nazis. They respect the ideals of Hitler. Seriously. One of them, Isaac, even got a tattoo of a Nazi symbol emblazoned right across his chest. Let's take a look. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Steven Anderson's kids were caught in a group chat talking to each other and saying some absolutely psychotic stuff in that chat. If you had a gay son or a gay daughter, what would you do? Well, it's not going to happen. If I did, I would have nothing to do with them. That's like saying, well, what if your daughter, you know, grew up to be an axe murderer? What if your son grew up to be like Adolf Hitler? Uh, I guess being gay is like Adolf Hitler. That is psychotic. If you're unfamiliar with this guy on the right here, this is uh, Steven Anderson. He's a leader of a cult called the NIFB, the New Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Church. He was just asked by this guy, have you always hated gay people or is this something that you learned later in life? And, you know, when asked that question, normally somebody would view that as like a loaded question. You're assuming I hate gay people. Even people who actually do hate gay people like to avoid the imagery of them hating gay people they they try to convince you that they don't really hate gay people they just love the bible you know but that's not steven anderson listen to this no i haven't always you know i grew up in a christian home but it wasn't until i read the bible cover to cover at age 17 that i discovered the truth of what the bible really says because a lot of passages don't ever get preached from the pulpit because they're simply not popular i have to be honest when when i heard your sermon It sounded like the rantings of someone who was either a hate monger or a religious zealot. And I'm wondering, which are you? Again, another question that would seem to be like a loaded question to most people, right? But Steven Anderson doesn't take it as a loaded question. He embraces it. Are you a hate monger or a religious zealot? Well, I'm a religious zealot. And, uh, you know, I love the Bible. I love God's word. I believe that the law of the Lord is perfect. What you have to understand is that the Bible commands that certain people be put to death, not by me, not by Christians. It's obviously not my job or the job of any Christian to go out and kill anybody, and I've never taught anything like that. He may not be encouraging them to do vigilante justice, but he does want these people put to death. And if they had an opportunity to get away with it, they would certainly do it. But rather that the government's job is to punish criminals and to execute those who've committed capital crimes, 
And according to the Bible, homosexuality is a capital crime, and I didn't write the Bible. What if irony of ironies, it turned out that you had a gay son or a gay daughter, would you want them dead as a way to cure AIDS? Well, that's just a fallacy that it just turns out that certain people are gay. That's just a lie. This is psychotic. Because it's not random. It's, it's not something that's just going to accidentally happen to one of my how, children. Wait, it's, how do you think it happens then? Well, the Bible's real clear how it happens in Romans chapter 1. It talks about how God gives people over to a reprobate mind. To so they're evil, and that means that they're, that they're gay because they're evil. Do these filthy acts. So it, it has to do with them rejecting the Lord and rejecting Jesus Christ. And, 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 you know. and I'll ask again, Pastor, and I'm not trying to be argumentative, but I want to understand that you're a man of your word. If you had a gay son or a gay daughter, what would you do? Well, it's not going to happen. If I did, I would have nothing to do with them. That's like saying, well, what if your daughter, you know, grew up to be an axe murderer? What if your son grew up to be like Adolf Hitler? Like Adolf Hitler. Gay people are like Adolf Hitler. What would you do then? I mean, it's just a silly question. So anyways, that's Steven Anderson. This is one of the pastors within the, uh, the belief system. Uh, one of the, the church leaders, Tommy McMurtry is his name. This clip is from June 2019. We know there have always been We know they have always been around. We've read the book of Genesis, okay? Nobody's saying they're never around, but there was a time when society, when our country saw them for what they were and they put them in their place six feet under. And unfortunately, we have forgotten that in our country. So now you know what we're dealing with, right? You know the kind of people that we're talking about now, now that I've shown you that. Now let me reveal the real story here that I wanted to talk about. Steven Anderson's kids were caught in a group chat talking to each other and saying some absolutely psychotic stuff in that chat. Uh, his kids actually, I have an, an entire breakdown of the all of the chat messages and everything. Quick interjection, this won't take long. I just want to say, if you want to support my channel, the best way you can do it is by watching this video to the end, or at least watching a little bit longer than you would have otherwise. YouTube's recommendation algorithm works off of watch time. You can also subscribe to the channel, like the video, and check out my Patreon. Link is in the description for that. All right, back to the video. By the way, if you want access to that entire thing, owenmorgan.com clips. When you go there, it, it leads you to a Dropbox, the original uncensored one is in 2023-10-8, the October 8th, 2023 uh, folder. Under the raw folder, you'll find Steven Anderson's incriminating group chat, partially censored, and then one that's completely original and uncensored. This is Isaac Anderson's new tattoo. This is a Nazi symbol. Whether you realize that or not, I mean, it's veiled. It's more symbolism from World War II era Nazi Germany, but it's no longer used and it wasn't used really much before that either. It, it is a symbol of the Nazi regime, the eagle in this specific shape like this. I mean, it doesn't get much clearer than that, does it? I had to censor some of this because it's so whacked out. Let's just go through a couple of these, okay? These are Steven Anderson's kids that are talking right now. By the way, they were all homeschooled and they were all taught German. Check this out. Josh Thompson. I want to choke Teresa unconscious. Can I get an amen? Isaac Anderson. That's Stephen Anderson's son, Isaac Anderson. Amen. And then Teresa. Amen. Some of it I could not put in here because it's so bad. Seriously. She was asking for blank. I am what's called a victim blamer. Isaac Anderson puts a laughy emoji. 
Dang, Josh, is Teresa still unconscious from being choked? Isaac Anderson. This is Steven Anderson's kid again. I'm swimming. Can't calm a dude later. Well, I live in the hood with a bunch of minorities, so I can easily beat up anyone. Yeah, I beat this kid yesterday, laughy face. Hashtag master race. This black kid called me a white Should be careful about saying that. I think you get banned from Twitch for it. So I said that at least I'm not burnt. And then he something. It just cut off there. It's good to be a superior human, says Flip, one of the kids in this group chat. Isaac Anderson, Asians are still superior even though we're short. Okay, Isaac is not a a Asian. I don't know what he's talking about. No, Asian men are weak, says uh, Flip, but rich. No, they're all starving to death back in the homeland. Only some Asians are good. That's what was in the group chat, basically. It was a lot of that. And there was some really, really, really racist stuff. I mean, throwing the N-word around and everything all through it. it. It was bad. It was really bad. Again, if you want to see it, owenmorgan.com slash clips. The folder is 2023-10-08. And then go in there and go to the raw folder within there. Well, the uh, church found out about those group chats when they leaked, and they were not happy about it. They were really, really mad. They said, look, your kids are saying absolutely horrific stuff. How do you expect us to respect you as a pastor when you don't even have your own family under control? You know, that's like one of the criteria or whatever that you're supposed to uh, follow to be a Christian. And uh, it did not end well when there was backlash. He lost a bunch of people in his congregation. Listen to this, June 2020, when this all came out originally. There's no point in you hearing what I have to say because you're never coming back to this. That's Stephen Anderson talking. No point in you hearing what I have to say. You're never coming back to this church. This is what happened when people pushed back and said, do you have anything to say about what your kids were saying in this group chat? Said, no point in me even telling you. You're not coming back. You're done. Get the hell away from me. Okay, you're an evil person and I never want to see you. You slammed the door in their face. From here. Bear in mind, this guy is also a homophobic extremist, so, you know, very little sympathy for anybody here. You give me an idea of some of the other things that Steven Anderson believes. This is late February 2023. Check this out. And now we have a generation that doesn't even know what gender they are a bunch of just hoodlums and a bunch of miscreants and hoes and everything else. But apparently it's okay for his kids to talk about taking advantage of somebody in a very specific way. And it's also okay for them to talk about hating black people, right? I mean, the hypocrisy is, knows no bounds in this situation. Early December, 2021, here's another. Listen, I would rather just not be a pastor and literally disband the church than to have church with in here. Amen. Amen? It's so insane and ridiculous. It's funny at this point. Jesus Christ. I mean, this is Steven Anderson. If you never heard of this guy, welcome to Steven Anderson. This is what he talks about 24-7 practically. He's a full-blown cult leader. You think that's bad? Just wait. I've got more for you. It gets real bad. Amen. Amen? I will disband the church. I will walk away. I will stop pastoring. Did somebody tell you to pastor gay people? Who? What's he even complaining about right now? He said, I will walk away. You want me to pastor gay people? I'm not doing it. No one asked you to do that, you perpetual victim. Jesus. No will ever be allowed in this church as long as I'm the pastor. Period. Never. It will never happen. Okay, again, nobody told you to do that. There wasn't some law that forced you to or whatever. Like, what is he even complaining about right now? I don't know. 
I would literally rather not be a pastor than to worship the Lord with a bunch of <laughs> My God, dude, he's pissed over nothing. This is a fabricated problem in his head. What is wrong with him? Disgusting. They will never be allowed. I will never back down on that. They, the Bible says they're worthy of death. Yeah, so that's that's what we're dealing with here. Here's another example of him doing Like, that's not the first time or the last time he said I mean, you heard his guy, Tommy McMurtry, say where gay people belong, right? No will ever be allowed on this church as long as I'm the pastor here. Never! Like, no one is telling him to do that. I don't understand. Look, if, if you want to bring to church, we're going to have a problem. Did somebody try to do that? But, you know, people come up to me and want to argue with me all the time and say, you know, well, I believe can be saved. Who argued that, Stephen? Tell me the name. Which person in your congregation argued with you over that point? And I, I always tell them the same thing. Go out and get as many saved as you want. Just don't bring them here. That's what I say to them. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and argue with you. Seriously, is who argued with him over this? Here's another little tidbit from uh, Steven Anderson. September 7th, 2009. Context, Barack Obama, I think, had just won the election, or maybe he had just been inaugurated like nine months earlier. I don't remember. But Barack Obama was, you know, in the political sphere at this point. You know what? My kid was born around the time that Obama was being inaugurated. So, and, and that was 09. So, yeah, Obama had been in office for about eight months at this point. Okay. And now I remember. I hate Barack Obama. You, you say, well, you just mean you, you don't like what he stands for. No, I hate the person. Amen, amen. Oh, wait, you mean you just don't like his politics. No, I hate him. Now, I'm going to prove this from the Bible tonight, why I should hate Barack Obama. Why God wants me to hate Barack Obama. Why God hates Barack Obama. So anyways, absolutely grotesque, evil, disgusting stuff. Somebody asked, do you think he lets black people in his church? The answer is yes. There are a couple, one or two, but they're very obviously like self-hating to some degree. Like, how can you possibly be a part of something like this and not hate yourself to some degree? And if that wasn't bad enough, here's Steven Anderson defending the Holocaust or claiming that it wasn't real. 2015. He did like he did a whole movie on this basically it's a 45 minute hour long movie on it and i watched the whole thing beginning to end and it got just psychotic you say well what's the motive to lie about the holocaust pastor anderson what? good question um, here's the motive because without the holocaust there would be no nation of israel we can see the motive to lie about it because the whole justification for going in and creating the modern day nation of israel which is completely satanic and it was something that Rothschild was behind. And the oh, boy. Rothschilds. United Nations and, and the world government, etc. I mean, this is all completely fabricated nonsense. All proven in this film, Marching to Zion. For the record, right now in the news, there's a thing going on between Israel and Palestine. I am pro-Palestine. I'm in favor of the Palestinian people. And I think Israel's government right now, the one that's in power with Netanyahu, is psychotic and extreme and about as far right as you get. And they are treating innocent Palestinian civilians like Nazis treated Jews. Seriously. I have no love for the Israeli government right now. I do have love and respect for everybody uh, of every race, nationality, religion, and creed. That includes Jews, and that includes Muslims and Christians and everybody. 
but the Israeli government, not Jewish people, Israeli government, is about as depraved as it gets right now. Anyway, what he's saying here is anti-Semitic nonsense. He's spreading anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. I don't know if Israel would exist as a country or not if the Holocaust had taken place. All the way back in 1947, there were communes, basically, that existed in that area. And after World War II, they rose up and were fighting a war. They were given weapons by countries in secret and not-so-secret ways. Czechoslovakia was one of the countries that was secretly supplying the Jews' weapons in that area, in that region. So anyways, they rose up, the communes did, they banded together, and they fought a war, effectively, to take this area, the specific area, and named it Israel. After that, the United Nations in 1947 drew new borders for the country of Israel. What drove the United Nations to draw those borders for them? Well, for one thing, they fought a war to take that area. Countries naturally form and they break apart. That just that's part of it that that happens. You know, Myanmar used to be Burma. It, they changed their names, they changed their borders, their leadership. This happens sometimes. I'm not convinced that it was because hol the Holocaust even took place, but whatever. Anyway, the whole bit about the Rothschilds, that's just anti-Semitic conspiracy nonsense that's, that, that he's spouting off. Completely satanic, and it was something that Rothschild was behind, and the United Nations, and, and the world government, etc., all proven in this film, Marching to Zion. The motive's clear to lie about it. So, anyway, that's Steven Anderson. That's what he believes. That's what his kids believe. That's what they do. I mean, it's pretty clear now, right? On top of all of that, his kids speak German. They were taught German. I mean, they're taught English as their first language, but they're homeschooled by their mom. Zhuzhana is her name. And she taught them German, which, cool, fine. I mean, learning a second language, great. That's fine. That's fantastic, right? Why German? This guy happens to be an anti-Semitic extremist who talked about how Jews are evil and they're imposters and they're, they don't deserve to blah, 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 whatever. And his kids speak German. Why not French? Hell, why not Mandarin? Why not any other language? Why not Hebrew? Why German? After hearing what Steven Anderson has to say, after seeing what his kids talk about in their little group chats and stuff like that, it raises questions. Testimonies from different mothers in the church. While attending the Faithful Word Baptist Church, Stephen Anderson's church, last summer, our oldest daughter was dating Isaac Anderson. They went soul winning, which is knocking on doors, like Jehovah's Witnesses call it service, with a group from the church on several occasions. During one of those times, Isaac began talking inappropriately to my daughter, discussing having children and the different sexual positions he wants to try. After she broke up with him and us no longer wanting her to date him, he continued to text message her. Isaac Anderson privately messaged my daughter a picture of his genital area in underwear up close. I have the evidence. And here's another message from one of the other mothers. Isaac and John, which is another kid, were caught and punished for meeting their girlfriends alone at a park. There were pictures posted of John kissing. He privately described how his makeout session was and how French kissing felt. Yeah, I don't actually have a problem with that. That one was inserted in there to make the congregation know that his kids are sinners, quote unquote. Yeah, Hemant Mehta wrote an article about this all the way. Yeah, this is October 5th, 2023. I guess you posted this tattoo, September 26, 2023. This is Hemant Mehta speaking on his blog. 
If you were just some MAGA cultist or online troll attempting to trigger liberals, that's one thing. Getting a tattoo like this ratchets it to another level. Isaac is the second oldest of the Andersons' 12 children. 12 children, my God. And like his siblings, he was homeschooled by his mother, as she documented for years on her website. It's not clear how or when he decided to go this far down the rabbit hole. Yeah, she has a website that she's talked about, like, raising her kids, and it's crazy. Oh, my God. Some of the stuff they say is is absolutely insane on this website. I think I've gone through it at one point, or maybe I intended to. I don't remember. Even though he took down the particular post, several other tweets that still remain up clarify his allegiance. Time to bring back order. This is a tweet from Isaac Anderson, from Stephen Anderson's son. Time to bring back order. Here's some more. Um, you are a Nazi? Yes, but not a skinhead. Good, but are you aware of your ideology, or is it just pro a, a protest or fashionable? No, I'm quite well informed on it. I'm a true believer. What do you believe in? Into fascism? The purity of the nation? What exactly? Yes to both of those, says Isaac Anderson. Speak for yourself. I know I'm a Nazi, says Stephen Anderson. Being a Nazi isn't bad. Time to reopen and fill the camps with these degenerate third-worlders. Because if I love good people, I must hate the bad ones. Read the Bible. God calls for the genocide of entire ethnic groups and nations. Fair enough, I suppose. That's Old Testament stuff. Even the children and babies. Like it or not, the Bible not only condones it, but commands genocide against certain groups. That's true. That is a fact in the Old Testament. New Testament, not so much. It doesn't end there, says Hemant Mehta. You may recall how a couple weeks ago... Anthony Rota, the Speaker of Canada's House of Commons, invited a 98-year-old World War II soldier to attend a speech from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. That person was introduced as a war hero who fought for the 1st Ukrainian Division and given a standing ovation. It was soon discovered, though, that the soldier in question fought for the Nazis. Rota resigned shortly thereafter, having brought utter shame to the Canadian Parliament. Isaac Anderson, however, celebrated the standing ovation. My grandfather was German, not Ukrainian, but it was good to see Canada actually do the right thing for once, even if it was an accident. He's a Nazi, right? I'm not defending blacks, but they're not the only barbaric subhumans. That's Steven Anderson, baby. That's what he's all about. Should give you some context for how those other kids were raised, right? That's where his kids are at now. That's what they believe, apparently. It's absolutely disgusting and psychotic and sad. If you want to see more about this, like, you want to read this whole article, FriendlyAtheist.com takes you to Hemant Mehta's substack. Psychotic, man. What can you say about these people? It's just, it's just psychotic. I'm glad they are, they are in a minority right now. Even though they're trying to become the majority group, they are in a minority. They are. So I don't want you to feel down about it. It's like the Westboro Baptist Church. It was made up of a total of 70 people or something. But they were really loud and obnoxious, going around to funerals and protesting funerals of soldiers who had died or whatever. Seriously. That's what Westboro Baptist Church did. These people, FWBC instead of WBC, these people are equally as extreme in different ways. But they are still a, a vast minority, if you will.
Next up, Dusty Devers was a Republican candidate for an Oklahoma Senate seat, but now he's the winner. He just took the seat from a guy named Larry Bush, a dude who was in favor of higher pay for teachers, public education, and reforming the criminal justice system. Dusty Devers believes drag queens are one of the most important issues on earth today. He says abortion should be illegal, and so should the pills used to induce a medical abortion. This guy has problems, so let's talk about him. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. I wanna see no-fault divorce come back to at-fault in divorce uh, and even public shaming for those who are at fault in divorce. I wanna see uh, abortion abolished. Uh, these are the kinds of morality and government issues that we need to get back to. Yeah, and this is apparently from the freedom crowd, right? This guy is all about freedom. He wants his freedom. Just ridiculous. These people never believed in freedom. Never. They pretended to for a minute when it was convenient. That's as far as it ever went. This is Dusty Devers, by the by. He was a Republican candidate for office. No longer. He won. He has the position now in Oklahoma State Senate. He's an Oklahoma State Senator. Now, I don't want you guys to get your hopes down over this or anything like that. Oklahoma is a very red state. He's not going to affect national politics as heavily as he's going to affect Oklahoman politics. So those are the people that are really going to suffer. I'm sorry. You got to deal with that. But this is kind of a concerning trend to me either way, that far right evangelical nutcases are taking office like this in the first place, even if they're not positions of real significance. I mean, look at Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. Those were positions of significance, and they found themselves in those positions after all. Fascinatingly, this guy ran against somebody named uh, Larry Bush. Was that his? Yeah, Larry Bush was his name. This is the guy on screen here. Larry Bush actually had some interesting positions. Let me list a few out for you here. Larry Bush was in favor of higher pay for teachers, public education, and reforming the criminal justice system. Let's read this article here. Bush congratulated Devers on a well-run campaign. He said he was disappointed by the loss. We had a great team who worked very hard, but unfortunately we came up short. That doesn't surprise me. It's Oklahoma. It's a red state. He said changes to the district presented challenges for his campaign, i.e. gerrymandering. That doesn't surprise me either. Again, it's Oklahoma. Republicans have a tendency to cheat any way they possibly can. Because of the way the district was gerrymandered, it will remain hard to flip. They took out much of the African-American vote, he said. Devers campaigned hard on culture war issues. He told Oklahoma Voice he supported abolishing abortion. He said it was outrageous that abortion pills still flow legally and that pornography and no-fault divorce remain prevalent in society. The gall of somebody being free and being allowed to do what they want with their lives, right? To look at porn on their own time? That's just wrong, man. And for somebody who doesn't love their wife anymore to simply walk away, no hard feelings. The gall. That should not be allowed. Deaver said he was an advocate for traditional marriage and opposes drag queen story hours. 
look, you can oppose that all you want. You can oppose gay marriage. You can be in favor of traditional marriage. You can be against no-fault divorce and against pornography and all that. But you know what you can't do? Impose your religious beliefs on other people, which is what he seems dead set on doing here. Bush, an insurance agent, ran as a champion of local business. He said public education was a passion and he would stand against corrupt policies that divert funds to private schools in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Bush called for raises for public school teachers and increased classroom funding. Bush also called for reform in the criminal justice system. How do you beat that? Seems like exactly the type of person that I would want elected. And who did he run against? Who won against him? Dusty Deavers, of all people. Drag queens are one of the most important issues on earth today. Abortion should be illegal. No pills to induce a medical abortion should be, should be legalized. No-fault divorce. Traditional marriage. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. So he went to this... Uh, this event where he spoke, and I got a couple of clips of him speaking. Uh, you heard just a little snippet at the very beginning, but just listen to the totality of these two clips that I have by him. When you think of, 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 a, of a government practicing righteousness, then we have to ask, by what standard? Okay, government should not be practicing righteousness, quote unquote. There shouldn't be any standard by which government practices righteousness. You know what government should be doing? It should be protecting people's rights. That's it. We have a list of rights. We have a right to self-defense. We have a right to freedom of speech. We have a right to freedom of religion. We have a right not to quarter soldiers in our homes and so on and so forth. The government's responsibility is to protect those rights. Full stop. I don't want to hear anything about the government being righteous or religious or holy or whatever other nonsense you want to lay down. To sing righteousness, then we have to ask, by what standard? And the standard is the God who created everything and who uh, will not be thwarted in all of his plans. Well, if God's not going to be thwarted in all of his plans then you don't have to worry about a thing, right? You just walk away and let him do what he's going to do, seems to me. Everything and who uh, will not be thwarted in all of his plans. And if we recognize that Christ has been seated after, after his resurrection was seated at the right hand of the Father, high above every rule and every authority and every name that is named, and he is now, as Revelation 1 says, the governor, the ruler of all the kings of the earth, then yes, we can rep recognize that a there is a difference between the civil government and the church, but under that, Christ is ruling, and he is king over all. Great. Well, I'll tell you what. When Jesus comes here and he tells me I am the king of all, I'll believe him. Just like that. That's all it's going to take. Jesus comes here and says, I am the king of this place, and I call the shots. Okay, great. Until that point, I'm going to be working to make government better in my eyes. I find it fascinating, though, that Dusty Devers seems to recognize that Jesus' idea for government, or at least his version of Jesus, 
his idea of government would be completely ass backwards and disturbing. The real Jesus and his real position on what the government should do would be all about helping the homeless, feeding the hungry, giving water to the poor, doing whatever you can to make people's lives better. But did this guy even read that part of the Bible? Of course not. Has he ever read the Bible? I doubt it. So our, we, it's a presuppositional approach to uh, government and, and the church. And the presupposition is Christ is Lord. So he presupposes that Christ is Lord. That's the problem here. That's not where it ends. You think that's all I've got? Oh boy, it gets worse. A lot worse. Check this one out. Early December 2023. Today, I want to ask and answer the question, what must you and I do to love our IVF embryonic neighbors as ourselves? Our IVF embryonic neighbors? What? By the way, just in case you're unfamiliar, IVF means in vitro fertilization. Here's how it works. This is why abortion affects this industry. A couple cannot have a baby for one reason or another. Here's an example. Um, If you don't know women's anatomy, they have two ovaries and then they have fallopian tubes that go into the uterus, right? And every month an egg releases from the ovaries and goes through the fallopian tubes and into the uterus, gets fertilized and attaches to the uterine lining. If it doesn't attach to the uterine lining, then the uterine lining sheds and it starts all over again. In some cases, a pregnancy forms in the fallopian tube or even worse, like there are a billion different possibilities for where the pregnancy starts to form. Or a pregnancy forms and it just won't attach to the uterus. That's another problem. In those cases, you can do what's called in vitro fertilization. They basically take an egg cell and a sperm cell and they put them in a petri dish or a peach tree dish, as our friend Marjorie Taylor Greene would say. And you mix them around and you wait uh, three days, basically. You wait three days until they've grown a little bit. Then you take one of those embryos, one of those fertilized eggs, and you implant it in the uterus. You connect it to the uterine wall. And then you take the other, however many, three or four or five, whatever you got, and you freeze it for future use if you want. That's in vitro fertilization, and it is a method of accomplishing pregnancy where pregnancy wouldn't be possible otherwise. Lots and lots of Christians do it this way. Sometimes, in fact, a lot of the time, you have to discard the old unused egg and sperm, basically. And in a Christian's mind, like this guy, like an extremist nutcase Christian, they seem to think that once you get the one that works and you discard the other materials after implanting the one on the uterine wall, when you discard them, you're literally killing a human being. Complete psychosis. That is not what's happening. Anyway, that's why he's against IVF, in vitro fertilization. I believe in vitro means in the lab of a process performed or taking place in a test tube. Okay, in vitro means in a test tube, basically. So anyway, that's IVF, and it has given lots and lots of people, Christians included, especially Christians, the ability, the opportunity, 
to have a child where they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. All right, with that context in mind, listen to what he said here. And answer the question, what must you and I do to love our IVF embryonic neighbors as ourselves? You understand what he's saying now, right, with that context in mind? Love our embryonic IVF neighbors as ourselves, i.e., when we mix the egg and the sperm cells together and we take one of those embryos and implant it literally the size of, God, smaller than a grain of rice. It's nearly invisible to the human eye. In fact, it probably is invisible to the human eye at this stage. It's so small. It is two cells, basically. And you take that and you implant it in the uterine wall. And he's saying the other ones that were not useful, that, that we didn't need, those are our embryonic brothers and sisters. What? This guy drank the whole jug of Kool-Aid. My aim today is with our Creator's help, graciously, to bring before your conscience the harsh realities of IVF so you will respond by faith. The harsh realities of IVF. In faith, by loving your embryonic neighbor. Why should this matter to you? Well, we've heard why it should matter. Millions of our embryonic neighbors unnecessarily are being led to slaughter every year by IVF and assisted reproductive technologies. That is insane. So people take the egg and the sperm cell and they mix them together in a dish. They pull one embryo and they implant it in the mother so that it can grow into a baby and they discard the other contents or they even freeze them. You know, they'll freeze the embryos sometimes just in case. And that's murder. Get help, bro. IVF and assisted reproductive technologies and countless others are cryo-incarcerated in frozen prisons. Cryo-incarcerated? He said incarcerated. I know what he meant. Cryo-incarcerated in frozen prisons. You take embryos you implant one that was successful and you put the others in you know a freezing chamber or whatever and they're cryo what was cryo incarcerated in a frozen prison what is going through this guy's head where is he in his mind this is insane on levels i cannot even touch does he even understand this process or how it works or anything? I'm not so sure. I don't know. If he does understand this process and he's still saying this, he's psychotic. He is unglued from reality with some of the things that he's saying here. This is just wrong. Reproductive technologies and countless others are cryo-incarcerated in frozen prisons. We are creating cryo-orphans for the sake of biological offspring. Cryo-orphans. Saints, our longing to bear children with our own DNA must not lead us to treat our embryos in a way that God forbids. God doesn't forbid us from doing anything with embryos. The concept of embryos didn't exist at the time. As a matter of fact, the only mention of children or babies or um, pre-birth baby like fetuses the only mention of fetuses in the old testament the only mention at all in the bible is what happens if you cause a mother to miscarry and it's a fine depending on how far along she is basically 
In addition to that, the Bible actually prescribes abortion, demands abortion in some cases. If you don't get an abortion, it's a problem. You know why? Abortion was prescribed if you suspected your wife had stepped out on you, she'd done something she wasn't supposed to, if she'd slept with somebody other than you. Now, it's important to maintain the the paternity, the the patriarchal line of the child because that's, I don't know, important in Bible times or whatever. So you have to be sure that it's your kid. And if you suspect it's not, you go to the priest, he whips up a concoction and takes the baby out. He induces a miscarriage is what it says. Numbers 5, 11 to 22. That's what it is. The numbers, yeah, numbers 5, 11 to 22. Those are the verses. If you want to read them, go check it out. The test for an unfaithful wife. If she stepped out on you, take her to the priest. He'll give her a concoction, and it'll induce a miscarriage if she cheated. That's what God says about abortion. He endorses it. But go on. Tell me about the Bible there, Dusty. Or that's his name, right? Dusty? I think it is, yeah. Dusty Devers. Treat our embryos in a way that God forbids. Is your longing to bear children in your own image leading you to flirt with means of procreation that fail to uphold the sacredness of human life? That would It doesn't fail to uphold anything. What are you talking about? Life that would lead these embryos or your children to death or a freezer or deliver them up to destructive experimentation in the name of science. If discontentment is driving you to accept the destruction or freezing of your own embryonic children, you are waging an assault against God, your creator. And you're doing it through his image bearers. If you get in vitro fertilization, you're waging war against God and his image bearers. So I take that to mean that he thinks that the moment somebody stands up to get a towel, there's a third person in the room. When somebody goes to use the bathroom, there's a third person in the room. Is that, is that what he's laying down for us? That's what I'm picking up. What about just dudes doing stuff? Is that, is that considered murder in his eyes? Just dudes doing stuff? This is crazy, dude. This is absolutely insane. And you're doing it through his image bearers. Is he not better than 10,000 children who look like you and carry your DNA? He um, sure, I don't understand. He is. I, I, I don't know what point he's trying to get at with this. This is just like nonsensical garbage. Get help, man. This is insane. He says, unironically, in vitro embryos are in cryo prisons. Cryo incarceration. How do you compete with that on a brain cell level? Like, where is his head with this? Right, check this out. This is December 13th, 2023. I believe this is after he won his election. Uh, I think it took being honest, being forthright. And, and it, for me, it takes a, hard, a lot of hard work. And it took a church who was going to um, stand. Obey God, defy tyrants is what his shirt says. Yeah, newly elected senator for Oklahoma. My God, dude. District 32. A, hard, a lot of hard work, and it took a church who was going to 
um, stand alongside us. I've, I've told people I wouldn't have run if it were not for the church who was going to. Wow, I guess this is a picture of his family? Question mark? It appears as though he's got a wife, uh, three daughters, and three sons. Wow, those are a lot of kids. Jesus, dude. In my opinion, four kids is a lot. Three is reaching. Three is a lot of kids, too, honestly. Two kids is not quite as bad, but still a lot. Alongside us, I've, I've told people I wouldn't have run if it were not for the church who was going to hold me accountable, but also provide lots of wisdom and hard work. Dude, this guy needs help, for real. This guy needs help. This is insane. What an insane thing to say. What an insane way to view the world around you. Cryo-incarceration is not a word I thought I would ever hear outside of Star Wars. Seriously. Anyway, let me know what you think about this guy in the comments. Sucks that he won, but I don't, I don't want you to feel too down about this. You know, we take five steps backward, but we take ten steps forward every single time. Look at how much further ahead we are now than we were in the 1950s. Inevitably, we always take steps forward. Always. So don't feel down by this. Okay? Just, if anything, just have a good laugh at the absolute nutter buttery that's unfolding before your eyes. Anyway, tell me what you think in the comments. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.